Welcome to The World in 10. It's your daily update on the biggest stories from around the world, as seen through the eyes of The Times of London. I'm Steve Holden. And I'm Rebecca Myers. Today, we will be hearing from the reporter who got the world-exclusive interview with Stormy Daniels. We'll also look at the risk to Western reporters in Russia. And hear why Netflix are hoping our next obsession is sumo. But first, it's the biggest story of the past two days, Donald Trump's indictment and the Times of London's huge exclusive. Yes, on Friday, Donald Trump became the first former American president in history to be indicted. There are reports he is facing more than 30 counts of document fraud, some of them which are thought to relate to the alleged hush money paid to Stormy Daniels, who says she had an affair with Mr Trump, something he's always denied. We heard from Stormy on the podcast yesterday. Here she is speaking to Times Magazine associate editor Jane Mulcairns, who backed the interview. It's really scary. People just seem to get crazier. Does any of it make make you wish you'd never said anything? Sometimes, but it's always pleading. You know, like sometimes in the moment I'm like, what, is it worth it? Is is the world worth saving? Is... I was so happy and had this life that I worked so hard for and it's gone and it's gone forever. But then I'm like, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror. It is the interview everyone probably wanted, but Jane landed it. And she's known Stormy for a fair few years now. My relationship with Stormy goes back to 2018 when I first interviewed her for her book, Full Disclosure, in New York. We stayed in touch uh, after the interview. Jane says that Stormy is a very bright, articulate, very funny person, but that she wasn't exactly celebrating the indictment. You might expect that she would be crowing or, or triumphant about finally being the person after the many, many attempts by many, many people to get Donald Trump into court, that she's the person who's managed it. But actually, she was pretty cautious, really, uh, and fairly hesitant about the whole situation. Um, She's been deluged by death threats and threats of violence to her and her family. And that was something that that she obviously finds very difficult to live with. And also, she got married uh, a little over a year ago, and she feels very guilty about putting her new husband through all of this, as well as her daughter again. I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens next and how this plays out. And Jane says that Stormy wants to testify against Trump. She really wants to be able to stand up in court and tell the truth and tell people what she knows. She said she's not afraid of Donald Trump, but she is also looking forward to finally being able to say in a court of law uh, what she believes to be true. She sounds like such an interesting character and it was really fascinating to get that insight from Jane into who the person behind the headlines really is. One of her portfolio careers is that she does stand-up comedy now and when you speak to her, you can absolutely see why. Her resilience often comes across as humour and it's incredibly difficult when you're speaking to her not to crack up when you're doing quite a serious interview. The sharpest wit... Um, it's definitely one of the most dangerous things about her. We expect Trump to have his mugshot and prints taken before a court appearance on Tuesday. His lawyer says he will not be handcuffed and will plead not guilty. There's going to be loads of extra security in New York. This is without doubt going to be a defining moment in US politics. to a story close to home for us. The Times of London belongs to the same media group as the Wall Street Journal. And one of their reporters, Evan Gerskovich, a 31-year-old US citizen, was arrested in Yekaterinburg on Wednesday. 
At 10.35 on Thursday morning, Moscow time, Russian state news agency announced that he had been detained and accused of espionage. Uh, this is a major moment for journalists working in Russia, Western journalists. It's thought Evan appeared at a closed court appearance. Uh, Joe Biden, the US president, has asked that he be let go. And this was the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. This espionage charges are ridiculous. The targeting of American citizens by Russian government is unacceptable. His colleagues describe him as someone who fell in love with Russia when he first started reporting there, and also through his mother, Ella, who fled the Soviet Union when she was 22 years old. They spoke Russian together at home in America when he was growing up. This is an example of his reporting. When there were forest fires in Siberia in 2021, he slept in the woods for four days to get the best reporting from the area. And when COVID took hold in hospitals, he sat with the medical students in the wards to get their perspective. He told friends that he just wanted to get the story right. And this has massive implications for Western journalists in Russia. On Friday, the journal withdrew its Moscow bureau chief, a veteran correspondent who'd covered the country since the final years of the Cold War. And they're not the only Western news agency to make that move. The Times has experience with this too. Mark Bennett, who was our reporter in Moscow for more than two decades, found himself in the same position. He was arrested and he was interviewed by officials. Evan's arrest basically means that it will be much harder for the world to find out what's happening inside Russia. Putin had already forced all independent Russian journalists to either shut up shop, leave the country, and those that refused to do so were imprisoned. Now it seems that the Kremlin is targeting Western media as well. I, I was in Russia last year, I stayed in Russia last year after the introduction of the fake news law from March until the end of May. It was a nerve-wracking period and there was always a kind of nagging thought at the back of my mind that, that there wasn't really very much that the West could do, that Britain could do right now if um, Putin's FSP service wanted to come for me and lock me up. Unfortunately, this has now happened to Evan, something that was a shock to all of his friends and colleagues and indeed the entire global journalist community, I would say. So I've suggested that the Kremlin is uh, seeking to use him as a bargaining chip to secure the release of... Russians imprisoned in the United States or perhaps in Europe. Realistically, that's his best hope of an early release, which we could only hope happens very soon. Now, a big moment for a big boxer. Anthony Joshua is taking on Jermaine Franklin. It's a prize pot that will run into the millions, but the real prize for Joshua would be a much-needed victory. The British fighter is coming off the back of two losses to Ukraine's Alexander Usyk. And we realise you might be listening to this after the match, but win or lose, what has been different for Joshua this time round is a change of build-up. He swapped elite gyms in the UK for a more back-to-basics approach in the US. And the Times boxing correspondent Tom Kershaw can fill us in. Flying to Dallas, working under Derek James, who's quite an old-school coach. Um, the gym can get up to 46 degrees. It's quite basic, so it's it's different from what Joshua's used to. He's He's stressed a lot when we've spoken to him that it's it's taken more sacrifices than maybe he's become accustomed to and and when I spoke to Derek James recently he said you know his his priority in this training camp was really to to push Joshua beyond the limits he'd kind of plateaued at recently yes I guess no one wants to plateau and 46 degrees in a gym oh sounds horrendous <laughs> awful 
Anyway, all roads for Joshua lead to Tyson Fury. That's the big money match that has been teased for a while now. And if that happens, it's already been described as the biggest heavyweight match in the world. Rebecca, the biggest dramas at the moment? Succession, The Last of Us. Uh, Definitely, but something else is on the horizon and it's sumo wrestling because Netflix think it's going to be our next obsession. Yes, they've made an eight-episode series called Sanctuary, all about Japan's national sport, and it's coming out next week. We're being promised a gritty look into the underbelly of professional sumo. Yeah, I see what they did there. (laughs) Netflix are hoping it increases its market share in Japan of streaming, currently around 15%. Uh, The trailer has dropped already, features collisions, parties, headbutts, wads of cash. Not what you would expect from sumo. Looks great, though. And did you know the professional sumo wrestler in the real world eats about 7,000 calories a day. Yes, it's not your usual athletic diet, is it? Anyway, it sounds absolutely fascinating. That's all for today, but we have a sneak peek of tomorrow's episode for you. Yeah, it's all about the future of chess and whether AI is ruining the game. It's been rocked by some recent scandals, as Ralph Jones has been finding out. The cheating scandal that uh, is this kind of centre of this piece had, you know, been all over the press and had taken the chess world by surprise and was was in the news all over the place. And that's because people love, 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 love a cheating story. I think they especially love a story about cheating in a sport or a game that is uh, comparatively sedate. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, if you enjoyed the journalism you heard on this podcast, you can take out a digital subscription to the Times of London.